More than 600,000 people go missing in the U.S. every single year, according to the National Missing and Unidentified Persons System, or Name Us. Even if 90% of those people are found alive or their remains are recovered, that would still leave around 6,000 people who become part of the long-term missing. So that number then grows every single year. Welcome to another episode of The Unlovely Truth. I'm your host, private investigator Lori Morrison. Join me for more true crime stories, where physical, spiritual, and emotional safety takeaways are waiting for us. If you're listening, I really believe that you have a unique calling to become a different kind of PI, not a typical private investigator, but a person of impact. We'll talk about ways that you can do that later. This is season four, episode 42. This week, as we talk about the growing problem of long-term missing people in the United States, we're going to highlight a few cases, and then I'll give you some ways that you can protect yourself and your loved ones in the unlikely event that one of you goes missing. Every missing person's case is, of course, a tragedy. And collectively, the issue has been called the nation's silent mass disaster. Usually, if we think about a missing person's case, the initial thing that might pop into our minds is a recent disappearance. And you see that the news coverage is showing you frantic searches and community efforts where everyone comes together to find that individual. But what about those cases where time has passed and nobody has found anything? When loved ones have to just continue to wrestle with uncertainty, not knowing the fate or the whereabouts of their loved one for months or years or even decades, it can be so devastating. Because as time passes, public and media attention tends to just fade away, and that reduces resources and support for those families to continue their search efforts. They can experience such emotional distress because that uncertainty of not knowing whether your loved one is even still alive is something that none of us who haven't experienced it could possibly understand. We can empathize, we can think about the cases and those families and their communities, but we don't know the true impact of what these families are experiencing. Many families are just left in a perpetual state of limbo and they can't move forward. Think about all of the life events that you might have to reevaluate. If you have a wedding or a vacation planned, do you postpone them? The surrounding communities have to wrestle with eroded trust in the justice and law enforcement systems. So we're going to take a look at four long-term missing person cases. And I want us to not only learn more about the resources that were expended and what's available, I hope that we can get someone who knows something to come forward. Jason Washington has been missing from Columbia, Missouri since October 15th of 2022. Jason's wife, Tamitra, told police that in the summer before Jason disappeared, he began having seizures, and those seizures impacted his memory. She said that he had two that day that he disappeared. Jason needs medication to help him control those seizures, and he did not have it with him when he disappeared. So he is considered to be medically endangered. His family is so very worried, of course, and they need help from the public to find Jason. Jason Washington is a 50-year-old black male. He stands about six feet tall and at the time of his disappearance, weighed between 130 to 160 pounds. 
Some of his distinguishing features include the fact that he has tattoos on both upper arms. Now, according to the Columbia Police Department, Jason was last seen wearing a gray long sleeve shirt, gray pants, and bright red Nike shoes. He was spotted near Columbia's West Middle School on Clinkscales Road. If you have any information at all about Jason's whereabouts, or if you live or work in that area and you know of something unusual that happened at the time of his disappearance, please contact the Columbia, Missouri Police Department at 573-874-7652. You can check out the show notes for even more information about Jason Washington's disappearance. And there's a link where you can leave an anonymous tip if you need to. Missing people who are unidentified are also a huge challenge for law enforcement and for the families who are searching for lost loved ones. Partial skeletal remains of an unknown female were found on July 4, 1984 in Warren County, Kentucky, just south of Bowling Green. We'll call her Warren County Jane Doe. Authorities estimate that her date of death was between November 1982 and July of 1983. Jane's body laid for months, just 30 to 40 feet from the right-of-way fence along Interstate 65. The victim was likely a white female, and she was probably between the ages of 14 to 20 years old, between 4 foot 8 and 5 foot tall, and weighing 90 to 115 pounds with brown hair. She had had dental work done, most likely four to five years prior to her death, and had several fillings. The remains were found with an orange, gold, brown, and dark green long sleeve shirt and red corduroy Levi pants. Jane has a healed injury on the rear of her skull and also a scar on her right elbow. Traditional DNA testing hasn't provided any clues to her identity yet. Authorities have ruled out at least two dozen missing women as being Warren County Jane Doe but her DNA and her dental records are available for comparison. Post 3 detectives are asking for anyone with information regarding how they can solve this case to please contact Kentucky State Police Post 3 at 270-782-2010 or they can send an email to ksp.webmaster at ky.gov. Please, again, if you know anything about a body being found in this area at this time, if you know anyone who disappeared wearing those clothes, please come forward. Her family needs to know what happened to her. The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children is another wonderful organization working tirelessly on the issue of the long-term missing. Between 2014 and 2016, 151 children were recovered after having been missing for a decade or more. That is amazing, and that's exactly why I highlight cold cases, because there is always hope. Luleda Morales Sahabo was just 17 years old in 1973 when she left her job at McDonald's in Santa Clara, California on November 25th. She never returned home, and her family has not heard from her again. A month after her disappearance, Uleda's vehicle was found abandoned in Santa Clara with her purse, work uniform, keys, and other personal belongings inside. Authorities do say they believe she may have been taken against her will. Uleda has black hair, 
brown eyes and a scar on her right foot. One of her teeth is missing and another tooth has been restored. She's approximately 5'3 and weighs about 120 pounds. Luleda is of Filipino descent and after 50 years, it is time to give her family some answers. Please share this information because someone who knows something might hear it and finally come forward. After 50 years, they may not be afraid of coming forward and implicating someone like they might have been closer to the time of Luleda's disappearance. Michelle Parker was 33 years old when she was reported to have dropped off her three-year-old twins with their father, Dale Smith Jr., at his home on November 17, 2011. She was leaving her family's hair salon for the day, headed to work at a bar in Sanford, Florida. Michelle's abandoned vehicle, a black Hummer, was found the next day in the 4700 block of Walden Circle in Orlando. Detectives say that the only suspect in her disappearance is her ex-fiancé, the father of her twins. Her family says that he has refused to cooperate with the investigation, and it has to be noted that he never has been charged in connection with Michelle's disappearance. Smith is a former Marine who was dishonorably discharged from the service. It's alleged that during a fight, Smith screamed at Michelle, your day is coming. Interestingly, Michelle went missing the day after an episode aired that she and Smith had taken part in on People's Court TV, where they were trying to settle a dispute over a lost engagement ring. The month after Michelle disappeared, Sheriff's divers discovered her iPhone under an Orange County bridge. Michelle stands 5 foot 6 inches tall and weighs about 140 pounds. She has brown eyes and brown hair. If you have any information on Michelle Parker's disappearance, please contact the Orlando Police Department at 407-246-2979. It's absolutely crucial to keep these cases in the public eye so that we can maintain awareness and encourage ongoing support and resources to continue the investigation into these disappearances. My heart goes out to all of those who are enduring the pain of not knowing, not just in these cases, but anyone. Because individuals who are among the long-term missing are more than just statistics. They're somebody's loved ones, and their absence has left a void in the lives of so many people. Time is always of the essence in missing persons cases. If you ever have a loved one go missing, contact police immediately. There is no law that says that they have to wait 24 hours or 48 hours or any amount of hours before they can take a report and begin investigating. Provide investigators with your loved one's last known whereabouts, places that they like to go, and give them the names and contact information for friends or relatives who they might have been in contact with. Police need to speak to everyone so that they can find out just as much as they possibly can as they search for your loved one. Be sure that you have a recent photo of your loved one and a list of identifying scars or tattoos or anything at all that would make them easier to identify. Recruit volunteers to help you hang flyers or posters that include a photo and a description of the person and where and when they were last seen. And be sure to include your contact information. I would not use your personal information because there are crackpots. I would set up a brand new email address 
That way you can have someone else check it for you if you get overwhelmed. I would also get a Google phone number for the exact same reason. Volunteers can also search areas on foot and in vehicles. If they find anything at all, make sure that you tell them not to touch it and to alert police immediately. Use the media and social media to spread the word. Call any reporter you can, tweet at them, message them, somehow get on their radar and see if you can get press coverage for your loved one's disappearance. One of the most important things you can do is document everything. Was your loved one worried about anything? Were they having any issues in a relationship or at work? Ask everyone you can think of and make notes on what they tell you. Screenshot any texts that they sent you recently and do the same with any of their friends that will allow you to do that. If the missing person is still on your phone plan, request all the records you can get. If you have access to their financial records, see when and where their credit card was last used. Make copies of absolutely everything before you give it to law enforcement or any other investigator just to make sure that nothing gets permanently lost or misplaced. And I hate to have to say this, but be on your guard for scammers. I've talked to too many families with missing or murdered loved ones who said they would have people contact them saying that they had information on the case, but they would only give it to them if they were paid, or in one sickening case, if the mother of this person sent nude photos of herself to the person who allegedly knew where this person was. Now, of course, my hope and my prayer is that you never need to use any of this, but someone you know might. So please, please share this information with anybody who needs to hear this. The Bible passage I chose for this episode is one that I'm sure many of you are already familiar with. It's from Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 through 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I want to be sure that we put Paul's words into context. So we have to remember that when he wrote this, he was living under house arrest. He understood what it was like to face an uncertain future. I'm sure to a lot of families of missing loved ones, hope seems like a very far off thing. It's hard to imagine not being anxious about anything when our worlds have been turned upside down. But Paul isn't asking us to do something superhuman. He's simply encouraging us to replace that anxiety and fear that we naturally feel in any horrible situation with prayer. Because when we bring our concerns and our fears and our anxieties to Jesus, that's when we can have a peace from God that we couldn't possibly understand. But we don't have to understand it. As the old hymn says, we just need to trust and obey. So if we trust God that he inspired Paul to write these words so that we would know we can have a peace that will allow us to hold on to hope when we turn to him. The families of the missing persons we talked about today need that hope so very desperately. I don't know any of these families personally, but because of their situations, I do know that they desperately need our prayers and our help if we're in a position to give some. 
We certainly can all share this episode and maybe someone who has answers that can help solve these cases might come forward. Let me know if you have other ideas about how to be a person of impact for these families. Send me an email at Lori, L-O-R-I, at theunlovelytruth.com, or you can message me on social media, The Unlovely Truth on Facebook and The Unlovely Truth Podcast on Instagram. I love it when people are willing to share what they know so that they can help others. The Unlovely Truth is written and produced by me, Lori Morrison. Music is by Neocortex, and the artwork is by Shelby Highland. See you all next time.